You're listening to Secrets of a Bridal Seamstress podcast. I'm your host, Nadine Bozeman. In this podcast, I'm sharing business systems and strategies specifically tailored to the bridal sewing industry so you can build your own modern and profitable bridal alterations business. Join me as I also get to chat with fellow seamstresses and share their personal success stories. I'm so glad you're here and that we can grow together in this unique trade. Okay, welcome back to another episode. Really excited for today's topic. And I know that our listeners are going to get so much out of this the mysteries of marketing <laughs> with uh, Sydney Ford. So, Sydney, thank you so much for being here today and making time for us. Sydney is a marketing coach specifically serving wedding vendors. So, perfect. You know, you, you have a perfect audience here. So Sydney, how about you tell us a little bit about how you even got into this niche of working with wedding vendors? Cause we're kind of a, a weird crowd. So <laughs> well, I'm also part of a weird crowd. So it's a perfect fit. Um, I, I actually started working as like a bridal consultant when I was in college and that was so long ago that I had applied to a Craigslist job posting when that oh, was wow. a weird thing. Yeah. yeah. So I, I was just in college. I would not recommend applying for any job postings. You find <laughs> Craigslist now, but in uh, a woman I knew locally, or I didn't know her, um, she had posted on this and said mm-hmm. she was opening up a bridal shop. And I was like that, obviously as a college student, that sounded amazing. I've always totally. been really creative. I loved watching say yes to the dress, all that kind of stuff. So because it's the same experience, obviously. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah. I learned I'm sure, like, as a college student, you're like, this is exactly how it's going to be. I oh will be God, the next yes. Randy. <laughs> of course. I literally thought that, um, I actually met Randy years later and that was like, Oh my gosh. Oh my wow. yeah. yeah. Um, but so I worked there as a bridal <laughs> consultant all through college. And then when I graduated from college, I moved and, um, just found another job doing that. And then as I'm sure a lot of people in the wedding industry do, I kind of was the younger creative one that worked there. And so social media just became my job. That was like Mm -hmm. my thing to do. And, um, I really love it. I felt like I have always been super creative and love creating things, but like Mm -hmm. my creativity, more of a purpose to, um, be able to connect with brides in a super fun way like that. Mm-hmm. And then, um, like I shared with you, I, I found out from a friend, like about this, a virtual assistant. And I was like, well, what's that? That's really cool. And so then I started just doing, um, admin tasks essentially for yeah. wedding professionals that I had That's been awesome. with through where I worked. And then now it has evolved into such something that I never thought it would. And that's teaching amazing. people how to market their wedding business. That's so cool. I love hearing stories like this because I love how like independent businesses always start like from the first step. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like you knew that you connected with obviously the wedding industry because you worked at a bridal shop and you knew the lingo and you understood the mm-hmm. clientele. And then just one opportunity after another presented itself. And um, that is just so cool. So you've been, yeah. And then you taught for, you were in the classroom for a while as yes. a teacher because we've so, bonded over that, you know, teachers unite. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Teachers, yeah, I won't go into it. <laughs> we have to bond over the things we went through, but that's actually what I went to school for. And I mm-hmm. literally always wanted to be a teacher. Um, yeah. But the reality of being a teacher today is very different than I was when right. I was in third grade and wanted to be a teacher. And totally. I but you're still teaching. Actually, I think that's so cool is you still have those skills. Like you're just applying them to adults and with a different, you know, 
course or like subject is the social media. And this is not just social media marketing, but marketing in general, I think is such a a mystery for so many. And it can feel really overwhelming because you think, okay, I didn't go to school for business and marketing. So who am I to know anything? Mm -hmm. Um, I think a lot of us seamstresses, I'm not speaking for everyone, but a lot of us have started as like you know, hobby sewists or home sewists. And we're kind of like, okay, scrappy, like putting everything together. So um, every nugget that you give us today will be totally appreciated. So um, how can you like, can you give us a, a brief synopsis of how marketing is used in 2022? And I'm sure you've even seen a big change in how it's used, you know, the past 10 years since you've been in this business. So yeah, totally. take it away. So like you said, marketing is can be so confusing because there's so many, it's like there's social media, there's email, there's website. And like, it can get very mm-hmm. overwhelming when you think I should do marketing. Like, <laughs> what does that even mean? And yeah. when I tell, when I talk about what marketing is, in my opinion, it is really ha- the way you portray how somebody's life experience or what their life could look like with your product or service. Mm. That's how I like to put it. A lot of people would say that you know, again. That was really, really good. Yeah. How it's how you convey or portray how somebody's life could feel or be different after using your product or using your services. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Um, so it is about them. It's not about you. Yes. It's about exactly. how their life changes with your product or service. Ooh, very good. Yeah. I, and I think especially, especially in the wedding industry, that is true. Mm-hmm. 100%. Um, Yeah. So how are you, can you give us some examples of like how that would look and you don't have to just stick with, um, you know, the, the seamstress profile, but how would that apply to like a caterer or a bridal dress shop or a photographer? Like how would you describe like the way marketing works for them? Yeah. So I typically say that if you have really clear marketing, you're answering some questions that are related to the client, not about you. I know a lot of people, when you go to write your about page on your website, you're probably talking about yourself. Mm -hmm. You really should be inadvertently talking about the person you're trying to serve. I recommend that you're answering some questions like, um, does this, you know, coming from the potential client side, does this person, first of all, understand the need or problem I have? If you do not meet that, no, like, mm-hmm. and I think you can think of situations in our own lives, even outside of business. If you don't feel like if you went to a therapist and they just did not get what you were going through, it's just yeah. not really going to work. So yeah. how can you show people that you understand their problem or you understand their need? And then talking about how, um, so I guess I should use more of a specific example. If you are a bridal shop looking for a wedding dress, how can you portray that you understand what the wedding shop, the dress shopping experience is like? How can you portray mm-hmm. that? you know what that process really feels like, not necessarily how you can make it all amazing. Yeah. Actually what scares people about it, all that kind of stuff. Right. And then sharing how you can solve that problem or meet that need in a way that shows them how their life could be different if they solved that problem with you. Yeah. Um, And that's what I really like to focus on is how they could feel or how their life could be different when they are using your product or service. And then, then also answering the question of, um, how do they get that? Like, I know it sounds obvious, but like, how do they work with you? And what is it like to solve that problem? So mm-hmm. that's a long-winded way of saying, no, I think that's, that's great. Yeah. Because sometimes we can kind of get lost. Um, and I know I'm, I'm kind of focusing on social media right now. We can branch out beyond that later on, but 
we can get lost in like this, you know, black hole of social media and we forget why we're there in the first place mm-hmm. and who we're trying to serve and what we're trying to say. And like, sometimes we just got to take a step back and like, okay, who am I reaching here? And, <laughs> and what does that mean? And like, um, how do I make this clear? So I like how you said, like, um, relating or, you know, telling them that you understand how they're feeling. And I think what I see with seamstresses that they're doing so well is saying like, Hey, I know alterations is like a really overwhelming experience. We've never done this before, unless maybe like with your prom dress or whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. So here's what to expect. Um, you know, here's an example of a bride who has been so happy with the work and here's how to contact me, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, so, um, and yeah, I like the, the dress shop example too, because it was like, (laughs) we see that a lot too. Like, here's the expectation that you may have from that show that we had mentioned, and here's what it really feels like or whatever. So how important, um, is it to establish like clear marketing as opposed to sharing kind of pretty pictures of behind the scene or pretty pictures of us, whatever. Yeah, of course, everybody likes to see those kinds of things. And I think there's definitely place, especially in the wedding industry for inspiration. But I think when you're just putting things out into the universe without a purpose is when a, you're, you're not getting as much traction and B Mm -hmm. you're feeling like you're just like, what am I even doing? What is the point of this? This is why I really encourage people to use and establish content pillars. So examples of that would be like, okay, my content pillars are going to be to educate people, to inspire people, and to connect with me. So each of the pieces of content you put out there, if they relate to those, you know that they have a specific purpose that ultimately can bring clients in, regardless mm-hmm. of what kind of post it is. Yeah. And in, in having clear marketing is important so people know what to expect from you. So they're kind right. of in this like customer journey with you, like they meet you and then they kind of get to know something about you and then they're inspired by, and then before you know it, now they're engaging with you and like, you know, looking call with you or whatever that may be. Yeah. 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 So I, and I love how you had those three pillars. So do you suggest like having like a theme every month or, um, like, or like, you know, the, the journey that you're talking about, is that something that could be like broken down with like your weekly posts, or is that just something that you keep in the back of your mind, like for everything always? I mean, it could be either one, but I think for something to be really sustainable, having like a clear plan in place for me, at least is the only way I'm going to stay consistent doing anything. As we know, I know we're talking a lot about social media, but so you've got to be consistent on social media. And honestly, you're you're doing yourself a disservice by taking the time to set up your social media accounts and all this, and then you're not staying consistent. Mm-hmm. So a very simple way that I like to recommend to people is create some content pillars. Some great ones that apply to almost everybody are inspire, connect, educate, and there's a fourth one. And now it's totally leaving my mind. Those are great three ones. Let <laughs> me just like there. circle back later on the conversation. Yeah, with it. Oh, uh, proof. Sorry. I knew there was oh, another proof. one. Like okay. social proof. So like showing examples of, Hey, I actually do what I say I can do. And here are people that can prove that. So like testimonials and stuff, yeah. but I like to use those four. Those are just really great across the board. And then, like you said, I, I do this with my own content each month. Maybe I come up with like a broad overarching topic and then mm-hmm. each week dive into that. And a great way to do that is for example, if you have 
a blog or a podcast, something that's a little bit larger form. Mm-hmm. You can like you could record this podcast now and create three Instagram posts of it, a blog, and talk about it on your stories. And that's mm-hmm. kind of keeps things all encompassing, keeps things consistent. And it's right. easier for you to have like a roadmap of what you're yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think the way that we can kind of translate that is say if, you know, seamstress has a, a huge, like, um, resizing job, which is kind mm-hmm. of like a really time consuming job. Like a bride gets a size 20, she needs it to be like a size 10 or whatever. Yeah. And that could be like, you know, you could introduce the dress, like as is maybe behind the scenes, what you're working on. And then your audience kind of follows you through the end of the month until you've like finished the process. Yeah. And you can go through like what the pricing looks like, what your hours look like, what your, you know, work behind the scenes look like or whatever. If your client is up for it, like, they can be part of the reels or whatever as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love that idea of having, cause I think also that would draw your audience in to want to be a part of the process and like yeah. oh, that's how they're doing it in real time and mm-hmm. can't wait to see the finished product or whatever. That is so cool. And it's almost like, well, <laughs> I, saw, I feel really dumb now. I'm like, it's almost like free advertising, but it is. <laughs> It's like a really great way of using it is. free resource more than just like, Hey, here's like my one post, you know, mm-hmm. that, that is not connected to anything else. Right. Yeah. So that could be really fun. And that doesn't have to be your entire content for the month, but just having mm-hmm. that story. That is really cool. Like you're so. doing it anyway. Yeah. So nobody's, there's no fee to be on Instagram. So yeah, it's really an underutilized resource because it can be so overwhelming and like, right especially these days, the amount of reels that people see about like on social media and it's like information overload. I'd rather just not even touch it, but it doesn't, it really doesn't have to be that complicated and that dreadful. It can be fun. Yeah. (laughs) So maybe, um, for listeners getting started with this idea of having a, uh, a long-term, even though maybe it's a month, uh, a long-term vision with what you're posting. You could have a theme of like, you know, a drastic resize or restyling grandma's dress or um, help me, you know, fix this hem. I mean, things that can be really simple to us, but to brides, it's like, how are you going to raise my lace hem can be like yeah. mind boggling. So it's exactly like, what I was you can say. still take them through that journey is like things that are, um, you know, really simple to us, but, mm-hmm. um, um, one of my girlfriends, Melissa, uh, she just posted a, a reel and it was so funny because I was like, I could not stop watching it. And I'm like, I literally do this every day, but I'm like, I couldn't. and it was a fast motion of her working through a whole gown from start to finish. And it was like all the time that goes into it. Like here's, you know, she was working alone in her studio. And so then her brides could see like, that's genius. Yeah. And it's like, this is what your money's paying for is like, mm-hmm. and it was like a minute long reel. I literally watched the whole thing and I know her brides do too, you know, but that yeah. is so smart. And that could be added to like, add some like before pictures or even just a picture of the bride, like in her everyday clothes, like just maybe a yeah. selfie with your client or something like, Hey, we're yeah. about to start the journey and then, um, make a couple reels about it. And then you have pictures of her looking beautiful on her wedding day. So yeah. shout out to Melissa. That was a great idea. It is um, a great idea. Melissa Atelier. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's hard for brides to like visualize that process. And I think so too. Explain it, it's, it can be difficult to like, this yeah. is what it will look like, or this is how this will happen. This is how long it takes. Here it is. Look at this video. This is exactly what it says. Exactly. This is why. And I love that. Like, this is why the, your bill looks like 
this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? Sure. So um, I, uh, when you're talking about, um, you know, Instagram in particular, there's also TikTok and Facebook out there. So how can you, and you know, again, we hear you're not supposed to use the same content for all three, you know, platforms. And again, mm-hmm. I'm like, that just sounds like time that screams time to me. So how can we be smart about that? Is it even necessary to have all three or what are your suggestions about all those platforms? Yeah. So it can get pretty tricky because you hear so many things out there about, you need to put, like you said, post different things on each platform, which do you need all three? And my goal when helping my clients is to make the process as simple as possible because I typically, when people come to me, they feel overwhelmed. They feel like they've been trying to do things and they're not working. So I say first find whichever to start off, find whichever platform feels best to you and just start there. Because I think if you are having trouble staying consistent on Instagram, the likelihood of you staying consistent all of a sudden on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook is low. And then you're just going to go through that cycle where been there, done that. Yeah. I mean, I can relate to this like in working out where you're like, yes, I'm on a new program and I'm working out six days <laughs> a week. And like you do it for a week and then you're disappointed in yourself because you did not set yourself up for something that was sustainable. Yeah. So finding a platform, if you feel super comfortable on Instagram, get your groove on there, get consistent on there, and then mm-hmm. see, okay, how would I feel about maybe adding in? TikTok. And like, Mm -hmm. I talk to people about, you hear a lot about habit stacking and like, once you get a groove with Instagram, maybe one day while you're posting on Instagram, you kind of dabble over to TikTok and see how that feels. See what, what you might want to add to that world. But Mm -hmm. I don't recommend that people just go crazy and set up, set themselves up for like, a crazy content schedule that is just not realistic for them. Yeah. And it's so draining. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of noise out there of like all that you have to do to, and, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but certain vendors, um, there's so much business that you get just from word of mouth Mm -hmm. and your business like organically growing. And so some seamstress says it's like, once you work on one bridal party, the bridesmaids are going to come back. And like, it's almost like guaranteed within a couple of years, you have like regular clients and it's like a regular client flow. So I try to keep, um, that we, we recently had this conversation within our membership about like, how much should we be posting? And you really kind of need, and again, you're the pro, so I'm going to say this and then let you critique me. <laughs> but if a majority of your business is coming from, you know, your local bridal shop or maybe like a community, like business co-op that you're part of or something like, uh, take a step back and know where your brides are actually coming from and where they're getting referred from and invest a little more into that. Does that make yeah. sense? I totally agree with that. And I, and you could even take it a step further, which if you do feel like local bridal shops are giving you most of your business, how can you, and if, and if it feels right to you, how can you engage more with them on social media? How can you guys like create collaborative posts? Mm -hmm. You can still keep that, that stream that's working for you going, but you can, you know, add it to your online presence. I totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, like the power of local connections is so big with, as a local vendor. I mean, Mm -hmm. there are some, I think we, sometimes we compare ourselves to like photographers. I feel like that's now it's like photographers, like travel literally everywhere. So it's like, Mm -hmm. but you just, um, um, be aware of like the limitations, like the physical limitations of your business. So as a seamstress, like we can only go so far and, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, attract 
our local people and it may not necessarily be social media. So speaking of that, um, it can kind of be muddy on Instagram or TikTok because there is a difference between marketing to like a nationwide audience or even like a global audience, as opposed to trying to market to like your hyper-local brides, like literally within a hundred mile radius. Mm -hmm. So how would you differentiate that? And how could we do that by getting away from social media even? Like how would marketing away from social media look? Yeah. So I, I deal with this a lot with my clients who are like, I want to go viral. I want, I want to get a million views on something. And I, I, often urge people for that not to be their goal because a, it's not very likely to happen if we're just being Mm -hmm. honest and B you could have a million people view your, your reel or your TikTok or whatever, but how many of those people are actually going to work with you because they live near you? Like exactly not, it's not always realistic and it's not, it mostly is not going to generate revenue that you're looking for. Yes. Yep. I, and like you shared this earlier, I recommend connecting with local wedding vendors and creating really strong relationships with them Mm -hmm. so that when, when their clients are looking for somebody, you, a, they, they're local to you. So they're going, if they're local to that, if that bride is working with said wedding planner, for example, they're probably going to be in your same location. And and that's a great way to, to get more reach with word of mouth. And, Mm -hmm. and when I say creating connections, I don't mean just like liking their stuff on Instagram, but like, go meet them, go to events that they're holding and like, yeah, you know, creating those kind of connections where they feel like you're obvious, you're an obvious person to recommend for them. Mm -hmm. Um, And then outside of social media, like going to local events, having local events of your own. I know that you have done that. And I think that's awesome mm-hmm. um, to really just like connect with people in a way where they can come, they can meet you and get a feel for who you are. Because in the wedding industry, a lot of people are going to hire you because they like vibe with you. They absolutely, they feel yeah. like they can chat with you. Like mm-hmm. they feel really comfortable with you. And that's a great opportunity. Events are a great opportunity for them to kind of, yeah preview you as a person. Yeah, exactly. And I, I've been in situations where I've had, um, like difficult conversations with brides or just like, Ooh, situations and being able to reach out to their other wedding vendors and be like, Hey, did you pick up on this vibe with this bride? And they're like, Oh yeah. I mean, it can help you navigate that. a lot. Exactly. Yes. And then, um, but I wouldn't do that to somebody who I don't know. I only ask like my trusted vendor friends, you know what I mean? Because (laughs) they know my heart. They know that I'm just like, Hey, how do I respond to this email? It totally caught me off guard. And I want to like, I can't really hear her voice. So then Mm -hmm. my vendor pals will be like, Oh yeah, been there, done that. They sent me the same email or whatever, you know, so Mm -hmm. it's just like super invaluable. So, um, we get kind of shifting gears here, but when we have, um, inquiries coming in, you know, from brides, we get their Mm -hmm. email addresses. So how could we use those? I'm kind of putting in the spot because we haven't talked about this, but like, how do we utilize this list of email addresses that we have now without coming across like scammy, but how can we serve our brides? with their email addresses. I'll say it that way. Yeah. So you make a good point. How can you use those email addresses without seeming like I only email you when there's like a sale or like I want something from you because you, again, you never want it to feel like, Hey, here's me and here's everything I can give you. And just like me, me, me. Mm -hmm. So I recommend utilizing those email addresses, getting some kind of email marketing platform. One of my favorites is Flowdesk. They have like the most 
beautiful templates in there. That, Flowdesk. Yes. Oh, see, we haven't even talked about <laughs> not know that. Flowdesk is my favorite. I've used so many different email marketing platforms and it is user-friendly and so beautiful. And I recommend having like a monthly newsletter. Monthly is not too over the top right. and it's a way to share personal things. It's a way to share business things and it's a way to stay top of mind so that when you are like, oh, by the way, I have this sale happening or um, maybe a sale isn't a great example. When you have something salesy to share, it's not coming across like she only sends emails when she wants something from me or yeah. she, it's like monetary situation. Yeah. Right, right, right. I love, I love when I get email newsletters that are like really personable. Hey, here's like some tidbits going on in my life. Yeah. Here's a book I read that could really help you out in your journey. Mm-hmm. Um, and here's some things going on with our business. So it, it feels all encompassing right. and still utilizing that, that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we, um, a recent podcast episode, we were just talking about this too and how, um, we're just different from like seamstresses are different than like retail sellers or whatever, or, um, or other, even other like wedding professionals, I feel like, mm-hmm. so that we can, um, offer what we call, um, well, what we call, I can't think of the name of it, um, ways to raise our ticket mm-hmm. add on. So, um, introducing your brides to add-ons before they even come into your shop. So saying, okay, I I offer custom veils or, Hey, have you considered, um, you know, dress preservation services, or have you considered a custom garter? And these can be kind of sprinkled in within like little emails about yourself. Um, but, uh, that kind of like kind of primes the pump a little bit. And this is again, once your brides are already pre-booked with you, you know, ready to go. And, um, you can also use that as an opportunity for them to get to know you better before, Mm -hmm. like, you know, they even come to your studio. Like, Oh, I, I know that I know her because like she sent pictures of her chickens. (laughs) Yes. Great. I love it. (laughs) I love your chicken. Or whatever. <laughs> um, and then it creates this special relationship before they even come in the door. You know, it does take a little bit of time, but there is a way, especially on a flow desk is great with this to create, like you can have four or five preset emails that can be sent out every other week or whatever. Um, so yeah, the email thing, um, that's just a great resource because we already have their emails, but it's like, how do we use them, you know, with, while still being respectful. So yeah, that's a nice little nugget that isn't social media related. So if if like email is more your jam, that might be the thing for you. So um, if a listener wants to get serious about their strategies, because we've been talking a lot about like social media strategies and like email marketing and all that stuff, how do they even get started? Like it can kind of feel overwhelming. Like, okay, I'm going to be a marketing boss and take (laughs) my business to the next level. So what are like actionable steps they can take like literally this week to get the ball rolling? Yeah. So I recommend starting off with those content pillars. And if you feel like you don't know what kind of content pillars are, a great way to find that out or like find out what people want to know you or what what they want to know from you mm-hmm. is utilizing um, like Instagram polls. Um, you know, when you make a story oh, post, yeah. you a poll in there, like, hey, what mm-hmm. are you guys interested in hearing about? Or mm-hmm. something along those lines to kind of get some feedback. Or yeah. I even like to chat with former clients about like, what did you, what did you feel like you learned a lot from, from working with me or what were some of your biggest takeaways when working with me? And then you can kind of use some of that information to structure these content pillars that you want to create. Mm-hmm. And then 
then after you've got those pillars, looking at who are the kinds of people that you typically work with and like, how can you speak to them? It doesn't need to be, you can take it super far and like start looking at your Instagram analytics. But if, mm-hmm. if we're talking about more simple ways to be serious about your strategy, just kind of taking a moment to reflect on the types of people that you have worked with. And most importantly, people that you have loved working with, because yes. ideally you want to attract more of those kinds of people. Mm-hmm. And then And then using those content pillars and then the information you have about the kind of people you want to attract and creating posts that feel true to you. So I think a lot of people worry about how can I write a caption that is like 100% perfect on Instagram. And I don't even think that exists. I think if you feel like you're being true to yourself and I have like a little simple formula I like to recommend and it's a, it, the, I think it's an acronym that is HIC Mm -hmm. and H-I-C, a hook insight and a call to action. And Mm -hmm. using that has helped a lot of my clients just kind of stop staring at a blinking cursor. Like, yeah. And you know what you're going to post about. So say you're going to post about a resizing situation, Mm -hmm. you know, that is kind of your insight. So how can you start off your post by drawing people in? I know when I at least see a lot of things about using a hook on Instagram that are very clickbaity and like, I don't, love. And yeah. it doesn't have to be like that. It could be very simple, something that is just interesting to somebody right mm-hmm. off the bat when they're reading it. And then after you say, um, can you believe this dress was once size 20? I mean, that's yeah. nothing like baby. That's interesting though. And then talk about that process, what that was like, mm-hmm. use your own voice. I don't think people should try to sound like somebody else, or right. if you're not somebody that uses ton of professional jargon, then don't like, <laughs> doesn't have to be like yeah. that deep. It's yeah. just be you because that's what people want to know. And then using a call to action, like, like I said, tell them how they can work with you or tell them mm-hmm. how they can get on your calendar. If yeah. that's sending you a DM, if that's, you know, clicking the link in your bio, whatever it is, tell people how to do it. Yeah. And using all those bits, like your content pillars, a little caption formula mm-hmm. and putting all those pieces together before you know it, you have a strategic way to use Instagram and it, it doesn't have to feel so or any, any social media platform. Yeah. It doesn't have to feel so like you need to take a course or anything. Right, right, right. Yeah. And even if you were to use that same sequence, like, uh, in a or content sequence in an email, you can still have like reply to pre-book or whatever. Yes. Um, if you're choosing to use emails or something, but I know, yeah, for what we're talking about, it's like social media is definitely the most helpful. Yeah, and I think everything I shared is can be used yeah. Email or like mm-hmm. if you have um like actual paper newsletter kind of marketing sort of things, like yeah. you can use those sorts of bits. Yeah. Um, and I, I love the call to action at the end because I know I don't do that enough where it's like, oh, you want to book with me? You know, click my link, my link in the bio, whatever, fill out a bridal intake form or whatever, like always give them something to do after they see that really cool reel or post or like, you're going to create a reel that's going to go viral, give them something to do so that they can actually work with you. And, you know, we, um, I, I love really being able to like identify your ideal client avatar or ideal client community. And so, yeah, there's so many cool things that you can do to like really narrow down exactly who it is you want to work with. But, Mm -hmm. um, even just, I like how you said, focus on the brides that you really enjoyed working with in the past and have that be a starting point. Cause that's a really great, like, Okay. Basic square one, right? Because everything we put out there, this is just so fascinating to me. Like everything that we say, the photos that we use, even the colors that we use, it's going to draw, that is marketing. Like even just the way that we, you know, form our sentences, it's like, we're reaching a very specific person with everything that we say. So rather than having that feel like, 
oh my gosh, it's so scary. Like that's a lot of pressure. It's also like really cool because once you know exactly who it is that you want to reach, I feel like that makes it so much easier to come up with the words to say, you know, and the more you do it, the easier it'll feel. I like to tell people you can attract and repel with your social Mm -hmm. media. I don't mean repel in a bad way, but you speak in a way. Yeah. You speak in a way that like, that the kind of bride that you're trying to attract is going to say, Ooh, that's like, I totally vibe with that. Or like, Mm -hmm. I relate to that. And then the person who just is ultimately like some point down the road going to realize they probably weren't a good fit. It just won't attract them. And that's fine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, how important is it to have like an established, like branding before you start marketing? I feel like those things kind of, we hear it as being like hand in hand branding and marketing. And it's like, what if you don't really know what your color schemes are or, how can, like, I think that might be uh, something that holds people back. Like, I don't even really know what my brand colors are. Like, yeah, should that hold people back? Or how can you kind of get started with that without that being scary? Yeah. I do not think it should hold you back. Obviously when you become, you've got more clients and you're like bigger, suppose, you know, Mm -hmm. it is good to have a clear colors and logo and all that stuff, but I do not think fires. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it should be a roadblock for you to like speak to the kind of people you want to work with Mm -hmm. because you could decide, okay, I'm going to be a marketing boss lady and I want to do these colors and I want to have this logo. And then you kind of find your marketing groove and you realize, um, actually maybe that wasn't really what I should be doing. And honestly, sometimes can be good to kind of feel it out and Mm -hmm. then decide. I mean, I've changed my like colors and logo a billion times because (laughs) I, I get all excited and I'm like, Ooh, I love this new font and like, whatever. Yeah. But it's because I haven't like, you got to feel it out first. You have to yeah. like see what 100%. your likes and more importantly, what you like. Um, so I don't mm-hmm. ever think that branding should be a yeah. walk for you. Um, yeah. And I think I, yeah. Um, I recently have gone through this. Cause like when I even first started, uh, when I changed like our podcast content. Okay. Well, when I first started the pod- podcast and the content was for brides, that was a totally different thing. And then I'm like, okay, now I'm switching for seamstresses. And then I switched my colors and my font blah, blah, blah. and it was all like DIY, you know, and the same thing with like the membership site is like, okay. And now it's like totally brand new. Everything is like new and professional. And it's like professional, meaning I'm not doing it. I have a professional who's doing it way better than I ever did. (laughs) But, um, I didn't know until you just kind of put it out there and then you're like, Oh, this feels like this doesn't match my brand anymore. You know what I mean? And so, um, it's like, you can go with something really big. Canva has tons of like free templates, color suggestions, like Mm -hmm. it makes it really easy for you. And so it's totally fine to copy and paste from Canva and just collapse them together. And what I love seeing too, are, um, how some seamstresses have these like, you know, FAQs or, um, little testimonials and they'll just kind of break up their feet a little bit, or they'll share pictures of their brides and then follow it up, you know, in the carousel by a quote. And, Mm -hmm. um, it just takes a few extra minutes to like put that together on Canva too. And again, you don't need like official, branding yet, or, you know, a a set in stone logo. It's just like getting something like, I don't know. I feel like I would want something that at least helps. And maybe I'm just totally getting off track here, but something that at least when people see my posts or my colors, they can associate with me. Does that, am I overthinking it though? No, I totally agree with that. I I feel the same way. And I think a lot of people feel like that when they think about like, I want my grid to look a certain way. And I totally agree. I think 
when you get a little bit deeper into your strategy and stuff, mm-hmm. those things are important. But for somebody who is like at a place where they're just like, oh my gosh, this is all very overwhelming. Right. And I can't even do anything until I have like a brand board and like all this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that's necessary. And I think you yeah, made yeah. a good point. Like if that is, feels like, oh my gosh, I really need to have a logo before I can even do anything, then make a logo on Canva, have some fun with it because mm-hmm. you don't know what you don't know until you've tried it. If you yeah, yeah. buy a logo, you'll either know if you like it and it fits you, or you'll find out that it doesn't work for you. And yeah. those are valuable pieces of information. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's so funny. I, I journal everything. Like I love journaling and I love reading journals from like years ago because it's just amazing. Cause then you're like, Oh my gosh, I was literally there. So I had, um, this is kind of when Canva like first became a thing and somebody was like, Oh, you should check out Canva. Cause they have all these free everything, you know, before you even have to pay for the upgrade. And so I, I read this out loud to my husband. Cause I wrote like, I went on Canva today and I felt so overwhelmed and I, I'm never gonna be able to figure it out. And, uh, like I, it was like a whole page Oh my gosh. How scary Canva is. And I'm like, oh my gosh. So <laughs> I understand how that can feel like super overwhelming, but the more that you kind of like, okay, experiment a little bit and have fun. Yeah, it can be a fun, yeah, a fun experience of like, ooh. And then you kind of notice, oh, what's clicking with people? What resonates more? Like, how am I getting more engagement? How mm-hmm. can I recreate this if I'm getting these kind of comments or whatever, you know? Totally. So, thinking of it as being like, okay, fun and light. So yes, say if somebody is past the point of doing it by themselves and they're like, I just want to hire a professional take over for me. How would they connect with you? Cause I love that you are a wedding professional. Like, you know, the lingo. So how would yeah. they connect with Sydney Ford for marketing? Yeah. So typically I connect with people on Instagram. Like I keep mm-hmm. talking about Instagram, but <laughs> message, or if you are like, I definitely want to work with you. The link in my bio is a great place to like add your information and book a free strategy call with me mm-hmm. during that call. We just sit down kind of like you and I are right now. Like, tell me your questions. Tell me what is hard for you. Like I like what I do because I get to make people's lives more enjoyable and mm-hmm. like stress free. I know how that feels to feel just like, this is too much. And yeah. so I, I offer services to do it for people. And then I offer yeah. services where I can show you how to do it and teach you how to do it. Oh. So it doesn't feel so terrifying. <laughs> that is really cool. And it's going to, different things feel terrifying for different people. So, yeah. um, so I think that's really great. Even just to have that call, like a coaching call mm-hmm. or something where it's like, here's where to get started. So where can they find you? Oh, Instagram. Instagram. Gonna be, and then what's your website? SydneyFordSocial.com. Oh, okay. Wow. Very easy peasy. Perfect. Not, not <laughs> and all that stuff's linked in my Instagram bio. And like I said, I love to, I love to use social media to get to know people. So like yeah. send me a message or send me a DM and like, yeah, let's chat and see what, what you need or how I can help. Yeah. That'd be awesome. That would be such, I think that'd be a huge relief for a lot of women where the business is getting big and it's like, I need, I can't juggle everything. So it's like, how do I just mm-hmm. release one of these? Yes. Uh, yeah, these weights. So thank you so much. That was really, really helpful. I think this is great for people who are either like just dabbling, you know, just getting started and then others who are like, Hey, how do I just take it to the next level? Because mm-hmm. you can't handle it. So thank yeah, you, Sydney, yeah. so much. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and share this podcast with a friend. And if you're feeling really generous, leave a review. Thanks everyone.